Hi, and welcome to the newest episode of Keen Minds. We're covering NBC's The Blacklist. This is Season 5, Episode 15, Patty Sue Edwards. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I'm Tessa. And how did you like the episode? I didn't. I I found a lot of issues just... It fell very flat for me in a lot of places and irked me in others. Wow. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, said, hey, I said last episode that the reason I'm so that that I'm so hard on the writing team is because I know how much talent they have. So here we are. <laughs> that's <laughs> I just, So let's start by the things that you that you didn't like. Uh, that's a very long list. I l- l- we'll just go through Plot points. Through and get yep, through. and I'll hit on them as we get well, to them. <laughs> To me, it it was an interesting thing because I felt that the episode was actually well-constructed, solid. It had actually great lines. I mean, there were bits in there that were brilliant, totally brilliant. I love them. Um, And and yet, I mean, I think it moved the, 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 the plot nicely along you know you had those beautiful scenes that you know with detective sinclair you had, you had fun moments you i like moments. i did like sinclair i i knew he was dead like i i tried not to get too attached to him once i knew he wasn't a baddie because i'm like well he's a dead man walking so <laughs> don't do not get attached to the dead man walking jen <laughs> Yeah, the funny thing is, I for some bizarre reason, once I learned that he was clean, he kind of slipped off my radar. So I wasn't really thinking that, you know, he's going to make a mistake and Garvey is going to kill him. Oh, that was so broadcasted. It was just, I, it was all over the place. Yeah, I mean, there, there was, I had no doubt in my mind that he was going to, but I've been saying that since he showed up, that he was either a dirty cop or a dead man or both. And so he well, was not a dirty cop. But he definitely was a dead man. Congratulations, because I didn't even notice. Uh, I, I, it just slipped off my radar. I, I was very laser focused on over the last couple of weeks. So I I must say that I completely, he just slipped under my radar. It had to happen from time to time. Yeah, you know, it happens. We'll forgive you this once. Yeah, thank you. So so generous. Um, but I, I uh, the funny thing is, I, I did feel it was it was all of those things, and yet it felt like a filler episode. Not a filler episode, a setup episode. It gave me the impression of Roslyn Denisov. I let, let's start in with the blacklister because I I wanted to like her. I did, and you know she actually. Uh, when she first popped in, I looked at the room and I said, does she not look like uh, Carla Reddington's actress? A younger version of, uh, what's the actress's name that you like so well? Mary Lou Parker. Yeah, didn't she look like a, a younger version? There's something uh, in the mouth. Not really. Probably. Oh, I thought, it, I, I thought yeah. she did. Um, but anyway, and so I thought that, I mean, I don't think that was intentional. I think it was just the actress. It was just, it was mm-hmm. interesting to me. Um, but it just seemed so over the top and I mean to, and to be fair we've had some over the top blacklisters that it's not a bad thing I mean at some point five five and a half seasons in you know or four, four and a half seasons in five seasons mm. in you have to keep things interesting I mean so it's I, I, I hate to say that you know over the top isn't a bad thing 
Because it's always been, you've, you've called it a little uh, cartoonish, is that what you called it one time? The extreme in certain parts of the blacklist. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... I call wh- it, a, it's more elegant than cartoonish. I think it, it, I, I, I described it as a um, cartoon aesthetics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, in a, not in a bad way. Uh, I was going to say not in a bad way. Um, but you have this woman who lost her husband, which obvious parallel with Liz. And, and I do think mm-hmm. they might have been using her to parallel the potential repercussions Liz may be facing if she goes off the, the reservation, which we know she will. But, um, you know, that this woman got 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 the truth her own way and she's paying the price for it she's going to prison and so i mean mm-hmm. i i think it she helped make the stakes liz is looking at real um and, and so like i i liked her in that but she was a former um biological army, weapons expert yeah. yeah no no she was current army uh but former biological weapons expert who had lost no her she co- a bit was given discharge no she was, she still was in, stripped no. of her military of her uh, clearance and discharged. I don't believe she was discharged. Hmm? They were still calling her captain. Um, but she was she was a, a weapon a, a biological weapons expert who had lost her clearance at the very least. That chose to and so I get using biological weapons. I totally get that. And, okay, sure, we're going out on a limb here with a biological weapon that can also infect a computer. Okay, it's TV. I'll, I'll, little bit of disbelief there. Um, but, then we get her turning around and her going, but I didn't want to hurt anybody. And I'm going, sweetheart, you shouldn't have released a biological weapon in a crowded place. Of course people were going to get hurt. Of course, people are going to die, even if you give them the... the um, well, nobody died. We don't know that. Um, it was well, never they said. said that there were only a few criticals, and then they, she released the um She did, the but she, she would have known how long it would have taken the CDC to clear that, if they would at all. And, like, it just... I don't think they, that they, she, you were meant to like her. They were trying to paint her, I think, as both super dangerous and then it it reminded me a lot of of uh, natalie luca where they i'm having the same reaction to her as i did to natalie luca back in last season where you're supposed to feel really sorry for and i do to an extent i feel sorry for why do you think that you're supposed to feel sorry i thought that they they painted her uh unlikable just like frederick barnes was unlikable i don't know i felt i don't know i i just I, I thought that it was kind of uneven writing with the just the, the way they wrote her. And maybe it's just me. I don't know. I haven't spoken to a whole lot of people that have watched it that, you know, to get their opinion on her. Yeah, I, I particularly found her um, un, unlikable, but I thought that she was written specifically so that you could understand her but not like her. I, I, I thought it was very, very same as they did Natalie Luca, same as they did Frederick Barnes, um, I, and 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 same as as you fell for probably for Maddox Beck. Um, 
the same thing that all these people that are willing to do mass murder over whatever, or Gaia. That's another one that comes to mind with, you know, no, that was a nuclear threat, but it was the same thing. I don't think, they don't write them likable. Yeah, not- the, those people were trying to kill people, and that's the thing, that when you had, um, I mean, all, all of those people were intentionally going out to kill people. She turns around and goes, but I didn't want to hurt anybody. And that that's where that disconnect is for me, is that she went out, released a deadly toxin, uh, you know, into the a public place, put people in critical condition, potentially, you know, set people up to die. Uh, she didn't even want to kill this guy that killed her husband. I mean, I would totally have understood if she wanted to kill him. Didn't even want to kill him. And, and I just the whole thing seemed a little bizarre to me. It just didn't strike the right chord for me. Oh, see, the, I had no problem whatsoever with it. I thought it was, it was, I, it was actually, I like the fact that they Painted her as, and you could you could understand her intellectually that she wanted her husband to be exonerated post mortem, like Red wanted to exonerate Liz post mortem uh, when he thought she was dead, um, but not likable, not particularly likable at all. I mean, she was uh, a, a criminal, and I. Totally. Uh, I never even thought that I was supposed to like her. See, I I think I would have gotten. I think I would have been more okay with her if she just hadn't cared who she hurt to get his his exoneration. If she hadn't cared that she killed all those people, if she hadn't cared that this guy died, especially if she hadn't cared if the guy that got her husband killed or that killed him because he took the shot, if she hadn't cared if he died. I they were trying they were trying to paint her as a person who cared about other people yet she was poisoning them. It just didn't compute with me. Well, I think the the way I read that was that they're trying to create a, a a comparison with Liz, which is trying to get to the person that killed. She's not out there trying to, you know, killing a lot of people. You know, she hasn't the only Navarro killed Navarro, but you know, Navarro was part of the team. So I, I understand that, and, and to a degree, I see that link. I just feel like it could have been better it didn't it didn't hit for you it didn't it, it really didn't and so that i i was not a fan of the blacklister it just and i mean some blacklisters i really like some of them i'm just like eh, it's all right they, they were you know they were in the background they were doing their thing i i am much more of a character driven storyline kind of person and so the the blacklister of the week is often not my favorite part of the show Mm. And so, I, 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 one of the other things that I thought about the, the, about when this blacklister was that for some reason I thought we are, we're getting towards this, this situation. And you know, my theory, you know, that I think that Carla is one of Katharina's names. I thought that there was a little bit in here of, um, you're getting a, a a Navy SEAL husband and an Army wife, and she's trying to exonerate him post-mortem, uh, clear his name, and get him. And you know that I, maybe then is because, you know that I've said many times that I could see one of the ways that the blacklist ends is with Red uh, faking his death and getting military honors back and his rank and the whole thing. And I, I thought for sure there's something about this that gave me a feel that this is more 
than than the blacklister of the week that we're that this is hinting at another theme starting to come out. And, and that's the thing is that I felt like that that's what they were trying to do, and I actually that that's the one saving grace for me with this blacklisters that I feel like they did at least link it to Liz enough. That I, I get what they were trying to do. I just don't feel like they succeeded in doing it. At least from from where I sat, I mm. didn't feel like they succeeded in it. But that, I mean, that's just me. I'm just one person. I I read things from my point of view. So yeah. Well, I mean, she also linked to to wrestler, to the dirty cop, yeah. to Markin. I mean, you could see that in that. I love that that final scene in in the in the um, probably Arlington, and they're giving him military honors post mortem. Or no, it was in Arlington because he was in terror somewhere else, and they were doing the military honors that they didn't do at that time. Um, I thought it was very moving, and I loved uh, wrestler part in there. I thought that he was, you know, he was shaken. Yeah, and let's let's kind of move into wrestler because he had that really interesting moment there towards the end of the episode. And you and I have talked about dozens of times about rest and his journey and learning and rubber banding and all of these things, and how being in the middle and being in Prescott's pocket for so long, how that's affected him. How did you feel about that scene towards the end of the episode where he basically pulled a Liz and said, no, no, you give me the answer or you're about to die of your own of this disease? Actually, pull around more than a Liz. Well, Liz did it in season one or two. Yeah. I'm, I'm blanking. Yeah. Uh, where she yeah. she injected you're the right. guy. Yeah. So uh, both of them, both of them. I loved it. I thought. You know, at that moment, he had one bargaining tool to get to the truth. And I think that at that guy, at that moment, the guy would have said, hey, I didn't do it. He, you know, it would have been believable because it basically is the same as a deathbed confession. But, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, my God, you really, you know, what are you doing? Like you're 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 basically threatening a lot of confession. Um I think that it affected him deeply because I don't know if his father, I mean, we know what we think, you know, that is his version of events. But for all we know, wrestler father was deemed to be the, the corrupt one and buried with no honors or whatever. We have no idea. We've seen a folded flag and we assume it's his father's, but we have no idea what happened there how traumatic it was for him. I was actually, I thought it was a great development for him because it, it really puts him into, put his mouth, put his, 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 his uh, feet where his mouth was. He's finally understood that sometimes you have to do some things. And it was important enough for him. It was emotional enough for him that he just pulled that one and he worked. And he was very telling when, you know, she received the flak and he realized she has handcuffs on her. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I made the comment when they panned into her and they were bringing her the flag. I said, are you serious? Or they, she would be in prison. And the roomie goes, well, maybe they're going to tote her off to prison afterwards. I said, they better. I said, just for, you know, believability's sake. And then they panned in on the, the cuffs. I went, okay, all right, I'm all right now. <laughs> I was just like, they're not just going to let this woman off because of this, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 and I, 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 were you bothered by that, by wrestler? 
I I think it could have been done better. It's I, I spent this entire episode going. This could I, I get where you're going with it, but it could have been done so much better. I I do believe that they were attempting to try to show what the stressors of what he's been through has brought to him and and continue his journey on that. Uh, do you remember, I think it was season three, uh, when Wrestler and Samar were at each, other, at each other's throats and Wrestler called her a bitch and Aram, so yeah, Aram <laughs> basically said, I'm not going to tell you how to disarm this bomb until you apologize to her. And the entire fandom went, what? <laughs> like I thought it was great. You're adorable, sweetie, but stop. That that would not happen in this setting. That is not professional. You are a professional. Like it was it was just not believable for high end FBI, you know. I mean, like it was very much a TV show thing, not I not loved a, it. I I know, but but that was I and I get that, you know, I I don't remember how I reacted at the time, but that's kind of how I felt about this was it was all emotions and in the middle of a suit, like it wasn't like he was facing down Tommy Markin. Like I would 500% expect wrestler to do that with Tommy Markin. But but on the other hand, hang on, you got a chance uh, to say yours. Um, and so that, that's kind of the impression I got was it was very, it felt very, unprofessional and end. I think that they would have been better served showing his his changes and such in regard directly in regards to Liz with him bending the rule book in ways he never would have before to help her catch Tom's killers rather than in this moment. I I I get the dirty cop link. I do get that. I understand it. I just I believe it could have been done better. Oh, see, now we're standing in totally opposing directions. Because for me, wrestler bending the book, in fact, he has done that before. He had talked about revenge and he had talked about how he wasn't like, um, he wasn't on board with that revenge thing, even when Saram, when uh, Saram, with, with <laughs> Samar said, you know, that he, you know, that to find her husband killers, whatever. I would have that. To me, that sounded real for wrestler. That wrestler would have said, you know, that is not somewhere I'm going because that's not his direct experience. But this woman, he would have got because this woman's objective was to clear the memory of her husband, and she she didn't intend to. I mean, the fact that she released the 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 antidote. Um, to for I mean for me it made all that wrestler did believable because he he got her. A wrestler doesn't get the revenge thing. Maybe because he never went through with with um, Marco Tanita with Tanita with uh, Jonica. Jonica. He yeah he didn't do anything. I mean Red, Red did it for him. Red sent him the the head and and saved him from having to make that choice. But this one, I think that that resonated with him. So for me, it felt very organic. I, that's absolutely not my problem with this episode. This to me, it actually felt very solid. And, and that's fine. I just I was yeah. not a fan. It, of you're it. not the only one. You're not the only one, which is funny. And uh, so, uh, in further, do we have any more on Russ? Do you have anything else to add on Wrestler? 
No, I thought it was a it was a good solid um, uh, episode for him. I think that that uh, Diego did nicely on this. Oh, Diego always does nicely. He's he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, I, but no, this this one felt to me like um, maybe he had uh, the camera work was. They usually film him more from a distance. It's very rare that they do a stream close up on him, and maybe in this episode they did. And maybe that's what I'm feeling it. They had a couple of very tiny little adjustments, um, especially in the in the um, cemetery, mm-hmm. that I thought were were very good. And maybe that's what it is. Is he got the the, the extreme close up that a yeah. lot of the actors get, and he rarely does. Possibly, um, I I have not gifted for this episode, so that's usually where I notice micro expressions is through gifting the the episode, and I have not done that for this, so. Um, so I, I really, I, I, I made the comment when they killed Tom off. I said, so Sarama is going to be my ship going forward. And so I, I both dread and look forward to Saram scenes, dread it because I'm terrified they're going to do something to hurt one of them. And, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, I look forward to it because I enjoy them. I, I like them together. I've, I've shipped them since season two. Um, but uh, at that moment with with her waking up with him by by her bedside, that's I was done. I was all in for that. Um, but I that whole scene, I was kind of geared up for Rom to have a moment, and I guess he did, sort of. Um, it was cute with with Samar's send off. Um, one of my. <sighs> And, and I've talked to a few people. I, I had someone bring it up to me, and I mentioned it to someone else. So I, I've talked to several people about this. And I, I'm not, apparently I'm not the only one that feels this way. And it's, it's a very delicate subject because you have people on all all over the spectrum on, on politics watching this. And I, I avoid politics and fandom mostly because I just, don't like it. They're um, bad enough without them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and so I, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this. But in in television, in movies, the writers and just in any kind of writing, the writers' personal beliefs are always going to influence the writing. That's that's normal. I mean that that happens. That's normal. But this episode felt like there were a lot of things were that were not woven in that were just pushed, and I. It was with uh, uh, Samar and Abram and with Red. Or the two immigration. It just, the, um, they they yeah. basically just took a bucket of political situations right now and dumped it on the episode without weaving them in for them to really make sense. I mean, like, it, it's not like they just... It sort of made sense, but it, it wouldn't have lost anything to leave it out. It didn't bring anything to bring it in. They wouldn't have lost anything to take it out. And I agree with the Samar with the with the Aram and, and Samar part. It just that that yeah that it, felt very like what it's like that's out of nowhere. What what just happened here? Um, and so it started with that, and then it moved into red. And like the first one or two, I got because it was an IRS agent. That's government, you know what have you. I laughed at the first one, and then it just kept going, kept going, kept going. I'm going. That, Who wrote but you these know that, lines? that is Spader, right? That is, is Spader. It, and, Spader put that in there. That's 
it, it was not woven in well. I felt like there, if they wanted to approach those subjects, that's okay, but... They didn't do well for you. It felt forced and, and very jarring. Um... I felt I felt it was jarring with the with uh, when Samar was like about the immigration stuff. That I felt it was jarring. I actually got it in red because he was talking about you know he has approached that before. Red has said that a lot of times. He has said I don't pay taxes. Your government spent all this money eavesdropping. Um, your you know they they do they 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 gave the the they they invested all this money making this skeleton key and now somebody stole it. You know, this is a this is not coming and, and out that, of left that's, field. This that's what I said. That the first one or two comments made sense. The joke about the IRS about why can't I audit you? That that was thoroughly within character, within the situation, within everything. That made sense. So which to me. one was? I don't even remember there? what all he said at this point. I've seen the episode twice, and but it was just that, a, that put people in jail for smoking pot. It, and, yeah, it was just a uh, Building more prisons to in, to imprison it, uh, uh, young like, men of color. I felt like Red was preaching rather than than in the episode. Yeah, he needed to keep it at two. Say what? He needed to keep it at two. He put four. Yeah, yeah. If there had been less, it wouldn't have felt like that. But it felt very preachy to me. Well, he even went into the preacher. They made it into a (laughs) little joke. That was weird. That was so weird. (laughs) I was just sitting there going, by that point, I'm going, I don't know what is going on here. And I need more wine in my glass. (laughs) Um, Uh, I don't know. It was the the whole let's just move into red since we're already here but the the entire setup for red bothered me and that may be part of what bothered me so much about his his tirade there was that I felt like they didn't know what to do with him in this episode but they wanted to give him a lot of airtime and so they're like okay so let's do the whole yeah. IRS Wow, I mean, this is one of those episodes. I've read. I mean, I've seen in several media. I've seen the reactions like that from people who hated it to people who loved it. So this is very uneven for people. I I just I didn't feel like it gave anything to the to the episode that the whole oh, situation. I loved it. I mean, it was it was. Fine for what it was. Like, it was funny. There were a lot of funny moments. And it also brought in a lot of faces we haven't seen in a while to try to bring them back because they're probably about to weave them back in in storylines. I understand, once again, I understand what they were trying to do. I feel like they fell short. That's been my Mm -hmm. mantra the entire episode, this entire podcast episode. I understand what they were attempting to do. I don't feel like they reached the mark. Okay. And so I think they were trying to bring in a scenario in which they could have Smokey, in which they could have, uh, I can never remember the arsonist name, Earl something. Earl? Fagan. Fagan, thank you. Um, and so bring Fagan in, bring Smokey in. Um, who else did they have in there? Are those the two? Oh. Who? Uh, f- they have Fagan and, 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 and Smokey. Uh, but, and and so the, by the way... Two- those are two faces that we haven't seen in a couple episodes. Smokey, we haven't seen in a while. And yeah. and so they're bringing them back in and making sure the audience remembers who they are, what they're doing for Red, what they're working with with Red. I get that. And one of 
my major issues was that when Red went and freed Fagin from prison, it sounded like he was freeing him for a very specific situation that he had in mind. So and this yet, was it? No, he had no idea this IRS audit was coming up. It was, yes, it was coming. I don't think so. That is, If that's the case, that is not the impression I got. And by the way, as y'all are listening to this, I would love to hear if anybody, like, which one? If y'all thought that was the case, or if you were like me, and it felt like the IRS thing was news to Red, and this, well, it, was it didn't just seem like it was beginning in here. By the time the episode begins, it seems like it was already going on, and he had, you know, got this, this, uh, this to get to know this man. Mm, no, see, I didn't get that impression. I got the impression that the first time that he met him was the first time he met him. Well, because he was already asking what they need and all that and trying and getting Fagan involved in this. So to me, he read like by the time the episode end, starts, well, he's already doing, you know, getting his stuff ready. For uh, I, I agree with that. I think that by the time the episode starts, he's already getting Fagan to burn down the, the mm-hmm. uh, critter, whatever. Uh, that he's at, you know, the the, the nonprofit that he owns. Um, but, and it might be that you're that we're both kind of right. I don't think that when he freed Fagan from prison, that the IRS situation was going on. I did not get the impression when, when he freed Fagan from prison. I got personally, I got the impression that he's it was, going to roast somebody for the fire. Yeah, for that and or uh, for uh, his, what he's the, the journey he's on with the uh, Nash Syndicate. Trying to, to get a hold of that. And so which may may cross paths there, very possibly. And so that's the impression why, you know, and I felt like I mean, that that's like bringing in the heavy hitter for something that, you know, for for nothing. You know, that oh, well, I need this taken care of. Oh, you're easy, come here. I'm gonna use up my favor here. And well, I, it, I didn't understand that. It it felt very short-sighted and very... And that, that's been one of the things that I've been very upset with with the writing lately is I felt like there have been a lot of very short-sighted decisions made mm. here at the end. That it's like, oh, we're at the end, but we're extending it, so let's do this to extend it a little more. And it, it's... I, I hope I'm wrong there, but that that's very much the impression I've gotten off the writing lately is there have been some, some floundering decisions made. And that in turn, felt like what Red was doing here in the episode. See, I I got the impression that, yes, you're correct. I did think that Red was bringing Fagan on on board because it's time to to do the reckoning for the fire, you know, 27 years ago, 28 years ago. But I think also that in this case, he knew that Fagan loved it, and if he got a little taste, he said, well, take a snort. And that's I have, you know that I have a statement to make about that. that. <laughs> yeah. So he had uh, that he knew that one Fagan would you know go back and do fires that he was able to get him, and that's a very much a red thing. It is um, well pay, well compensated. You do it when I tell you. Don't do it for for recreational purposes. I just I would have expected him because he had zero guarantee, especially with the way Fagan reacted when he was let out. I, I he had zero guarantee that that he was ever going to set a second fire for him. He may have been gambling on that, but <laughs> I feel like he basically wasted. He brought he brought in someone that was an expert to take care of something that may not have needed. 
he took the easy route. Um, see, uh, and, and all right, let me try to put this in in a form that makes sense. Oh my God, this is my brain is a little fried today. Um, T- I Tessa think- has been snowed in, so the snow was. <laughs> Snowy brain. <laughs> I got snowy brain, yes. I've been um Rennie's one of those people that he knows um he 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 has expressed this many times before that people don't change, that when they change, you can't trust them, that people are going to do what they're going to do. And and many times, it's, it's interesting, now they're bringing a lot of young in there, and I said, of course, it makes sense, because red power comes from incorporating the shadow. He has accepted that he's not purely evil or purely good, and he just takes a lot of strength from it. And when he needs to kill, he does. And when he can be good, he is. He doesn't stress over trying to fight good versus evil. He accepts that he has both, and he uses both. So uh, it didn't feel to me that that he was... I mean, he knew perfectly well that, you know, he would bring uh, Fagan in. And this was probably an emergency. He used Fagan, and then he gave him a handsome pile of money as a retainer for future services. And he knew that as long as he could control himself, he was going to be useful. And Red was going to give him an outlet to do what he did, what he wanted, without getting himself into jail again. Okay. Um, (laughs) All right. So I've had a complaint about Red for a while. Um, And a lot of this has come with the downward spiral of my opinion of red and i'm aware of that um it started with kate i i started having serious issues with red's character with kate and then it moved in and then when he was at least partially responsible for tom's death it just it did me in with him i was just i was so done the fact that he's just incapable of changing when it comes to liz and the serious situations there and I made the complaint, um, I'm blanking on the kid's name, the, the hacker kid that was like 15, Tadashi. Oh, yeah, Tadashi. Tadashi was his name. Um, I, I made, I had serious issues with Tadashi that also went back to the issues I had in season four when Red was trying to control how Tom and Liz handled Agnes and the fact that he feels like he has this this uh, he's a god complex he does he he feels like he has a right an entitlement there's the word i'm looking for an entitlement over people's lives because he just knows better he is the puppet master he is the chess player and he is he's brilliant don't get me wrong i'm not denying that at all but he feels like because he is all of these things he doesn't have his ego in check to the point to, that people are allowed their own free will and the choices that they make. He's been doing it to Liz, and it's been a complaint of mine for a very long time since, well, probably since the beginning. But it, it's, the, the, but, I mean, that's his daughter. That's, while it's unhealthy, while it's not good, it's, you can kind of go, okay, well, he's, he's a father. Sometimes fathers have trouble letting go. Get that. But he's shown to do it with Agnes. He's shown to do it with Tadashi. 
And then he sat there, and it's this manipulation. Yes, he told Dembe, people stick with me because they make money. They can go whenever they want, and that's all well and good. But when you manipulate an addict like he did in this, that's really twisted. It was the, um, you're waving coke in front of an addict. Fagin got it. Fagin is self-aware enough to know he has a problem. And that he can't, as soon as he jumps in, he's all in. He can't help it. And, and Red's statement is, take a snort. And, and I just, I remember looking at the TV. I'm sitting on my couch going... Are you freaking but, kidding but you can me? Get, you, you cannot get to to uh, to preach it with this because Ren has been like this. That's how Ren got things done. That's you know the 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 thing is Jindra again. Ren is a spy. Spies work with everything that is if yeah. that if they weren't spies, they would be criminals. They're manipulated. He they is exploit. a criminal. He is huh? a criminal, and that's my point. Is there and and th- this is not a writing issue. I, I do not believe this is a writing issue. I, I do believe this is a they, they have said for uh, even James has said for since the beginning. This is not a good man. Yeah, exactly. He said th- th- he's not good. He's not a good guy. You know, don't don't mistake this. And I think this is just a highlight again. It, like th- this is actually not a complaint necessarily about the writing or about the episode. I think it was just highlighting the fact that this is who Red is. He's a manipulative creep sometimes. That's what I love when he was describing Susan as a manipulative creature who don't, whose own husband couldn't believe her. Oh, honey, that describes you. Red and Scotty have Katerina, Red and Scotty and have so Howard. much. Red and Scotty have so much in in common. It's not even and Howard. Funny. Oh yeah, like they all do. All four, that, that's why I said all four of them. I'm convinced they all knew each other and had couples dinners, and their kids played on the beach. You know, <laughs> they're twisted couples dinners in which nobody was quite sure if someone was going to get knifed with the steak knife. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Um. But it's, you know, that's what I always tell people, this gender issue. I mean, think about it. What does, I mean, do, look at Katerina. She was stringing along this man who was utterly in love with her, destroyed his life, made, used him like a little puppet, and then left. And the guy's life was turned upside down to the point that even though he had a good woman with him, all he wanted was the daughter and the life and maybe the cure. But he threw away a few good months with this woman just to go chase the ghost of Katerina, basically. Well, uh, she she was a seductress. I mean, there was no question there. But no, I mean, I, I do think it was highlighting that it was... It, He's not a good man. Yeah, and it's... I, there was another quote in there. It said, read the book, think positively, control your urges, and I'll put your gifts to good use. And that, that falls right back in line with that that entitlement over people's lives that Red has. That It's just, you make sure you're useful, and I will make sure that you're useful to me. I mean, he'll pay yeah. the, don't get me wrong, he pays the people well. He he takes care, I mean, we, we saw what he did with, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but he got shot couple weeks ago um but but the mailman uh, uh yeah anthony anthony thank you um the the you know he took care of him now granted the guy got caught in the crossfire of something that red was doing to get to the nash syndicate but, but he was also helping the other guy 
ish ish he wouldn't have helped him if it hadn't gotten something for him as well but you know still but that's not true no that is that is that is a hundred percent accurate i don't care about loyalty at this point that is a hundred percent accurate he he made he went in there he was not interested in helping him until he heard that there was a connection to the syndicate and then he was like oh let's see what we can do here well (laughs) okay Jen does not like Red anymore. And that, that kills Never me. Never did too much, but... Um, no, no, I loved Red for the first three and a half seasons, nearly into the fourth season. I loved Red. Even when I didn't agree with him, I loved him. And I I was dying for Red's redemption arc in the same form that, that Tom received it. I did not... Yeah. Ever want to see him? Did you ever? Did you ever remember me saying that he's not gonna get one? Yeah, and I still disagree. I, I still disagree with that. Like, well, definitely agree. Disagree that he's perfect. <laughs> In his mind, he is. In his mind, his mind alone. Nobody else agrees with that. <laughs> but it it is for what he was for what he needed it. Oh, he he's an excellent liar. He's lied to himself and. Let's, let, let me put it this way. Imagine that all the spies were like wrestler. How far do you oh. think spy will, will Have go? Have you ever heard the story of Nathan Hale? Nathan mm. Hale was the wrestler spy. <laughs> I love Nathan Hale. Na- Nathan Hale is the Ruby's historical crush, where mine's Joseph Warren, hers is Nathan Hale. And I I'm very much adore Nathan Hale, but he was America's first spy. And as legend has it, he got across... I got I got across the uh, the border into uh, into you know deeper deeper English territory during the Revolutionary War. They captured him and they asked him if he was a spy, and because of his devout beliefs, he couldn't lie about it, and so he said yes. <laughs> so, I, that, yeah, I know. I mean, that wrestler is Nathan, and so and and let's say that the future yes. of the of the country would have depended on him he would not have been a great person he would have been a horrible person because the he well, would have just to, let to be fair historically the, speaking spies were not a not a a acceptable thing at the time it was it was a very dirty business i mean it's still a very dirty business uh, at the time yeah, you know I, when the first spy started when there was a camp that had um a camp of people with uh, of Neanderthals that had a big <laughs> stick, right. and they sent another one. These guys are one of them to find out what they had. You know, I'm just saying. The people used to say that prostitution is the oldest, um, uh, uh, the oldest profession in the world. Wrong, spies. Yeah, I, I could see that. I'm just saying, historically speaking, it's it was a very dirty profession of uh, it's always been dirty yeah um but but it's more today if someone like was a retired cia agent and basically a spy most americans would be like thank you for your service while then that not so much um well we've got you know there's also always discrepancies between the way people um whitewash history in the way things really were. Ah, that's fair. (laughs) But anyway, regardless, what I was just, you said if Wrestler were a spy, he would be like Nathan Hale. That would be him. And (laughs) and Red, you know, horrible. 
he's gotten better. I, and no, Red is what he needs to be for the place that he's in. It doesn't... My... I just... I, I've been... The longer we go, the less... He's just not changing. There is no change happening. There is no lessons learned. And... Micro changes, yes. Uh, micro changes, yeah. And and you called me on that a couple, couple seasons yeah, ago, and you had me. It's, it's all a little bit, but you, but that's. I don't think not that people redemption. go in there thinking that you're gonna get a redemption art for every character. No, you're not. You're well, not. But when it's your lead, you expect it. You expect it. I never did. Yeah, you're a weird TV watcher. You think it's going to be a spy book. This is television. Most people walked it's... into this expecting James's character to get a redemption arc. I, I once again, hey guys, while you're listening to it, could you let us know, did you, originally, did you expect a redemption arc for Red or not? Did you go into this expecting him to come out of it, maybe not alive, but at least redeemed in whatever See, capacity See, I expect him to go out and find out that he has been running a covert operation, and that's it. He's not going to be better. He's not going to have learned from any of the things that he does. He would not change who he is. He would just, you find out that all he's been doing has been doing it for a good reason. I never expected it, and it's, you know, it's in the... Um, you know, any of the movies, any of the series, I mean, look at Boston Legal. Boston Legal, he was never, re there was no redemption. He continued to be the same That's... crazy, self-serving person. With I've never some... seen it, so I can't tell you. He never does redeeming characters, let me put it that way. Ever. Okay. He's done always characters who are perfectly comfortable with who they are, that are both good and bad, and that's part of the charm of Spader is that he gets those characters incredibly well. They don't need to redeem themselves. They're they're good, and, and you get to accept for who they are. In other words, you love them. Yeah. Well, I guess I never really loved Red then. I thought I did. <laughs> I it just I I do not feel like for the type of show that this is that he has had the appropriate amount of growth. That's that's just where I come from on it. Um, but I, like I said, be thrilled. He's to hear calling the, the like now, Liz, Lizzie Elizabeth. Hello. Are you kidding? <laughs> would you, you like another me? straw, Tessa? Would you like another straw? <laughs> I can hand you some. She's grasping at straws here. <laughs> He's not That's calling her Lizzie. Get. That's my point. That's what you're gonna get. They did. He did you notice it? Did he you gave her. He offered her to walk away. He's calling her Elizabeth. That's what you're gonna get. Uh, and he made a gesture towards Tom by coming to dinner. <laughs> and he even said there was an, a night. He even said good night to Tom. Oh, I, I I was proud of him on that one. That for him, that was a big step. That was a big so, step. That's what you're getting. Yeah, that's I expected bigger steps. Yeah, well, I, I I understand slow, but <laughs> not even steady, but slow. But at this point, we've got at most a season left. They're not going past season six. And from from what I'm hearing of the people that are in the know of understanding you know ratings and such we're probably getting a season six at least a half season if not a full season 
But I think we'll get the f- the full season. We might even get a longer season, a couple episodes more, just to wrap it up. Yeah, there because right now you can see, but at the rate they're dropping, canon facts that they're stretching. Oh, they are so stretching, so stretching, and that's been one of my complaints. Is that that they've run out of information or they they've run out of things here, and I'm like. I get that you need to make it so, so far, but you you should never. And, and this is a this is not just blacklist. I just had hoped to never make this complaint about the blacklist because of the the skill on the writing team. You should never have to stretch the story and what you've got to appease the number of seasons. That but that is that is a giving in TV. There's not much we can do. Um, it's just BS. can we talk so about much. the outfits of of uh, Smokey? I love his outfits. Smokey? <laughs> yes. Why? What? What's... He's always wearing the most outrageous things. I love them. It's never the struck other day me. He was he was wearing a plaid with. With some like stripes and another color. Today he was wearing like a leather jacket with like a, a shirt and something else that didn't match at all. It was perfect. I loved it. Wow, I feel very much like I missed something there. I'll have to go back and rewatch. Oh, look at every time that scene. we've seen him. He's wearing this thing. Oh, he's you know, quirky. very much have like circus like. Have you seen his his mustache going on yes. there? It's in his sideburns. It's it's funky. Like he's a he's a quirky soul. He's a very very. I love the character, and oh, I, I do love too. The, the fact that he's like all like like you know the, they get the crazy. Oh, did you notice that Smokey was bringing a big bag of bones? Well, bodies, but bones. True, hadn't thought about that. That's mm-hmm. a good point. I I love that. I, I knew it was only. A, a I love that he was in a chinchilla. <laughs> poor chinchillas, I love them. Um, <laughs> poor little guys, they're so skittish. They're so cute, though. Um, anyway, sorry, I really like them. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, uh, the ladies' name. I I'm horrible at retaining names. It takes me forever to actually retain a name. Um, the lady, the the accountant. Hawkins. Hawkins. Thank you. That he's sitting there the entire time. Grumbling about Hawkins, about how she, you know she she's on the the something, and you know basically yeah, she on got drugs. allergies. Remember that she has the yeah, but it's food. not like he was saying that she was on dro- hyped up on drugs. Yeah. And Brad's like, no, oh my gosh, she's been around too many dogs. It finally, did her in. She's in bed. Um, my guess is the actress just couldn't make it for the episode, but still, regardless, well, it was too much. You you couldn't. That was too, that would have been too many characters there. Maybe. I mean, that's a point that that she was in there and she wasn't able to handle it. Uh, but I thought I was. It but was absolutely what, great. What I, I love Smokey. What I was gonna say was that it was funny because he's sitting there the whole time blaming her, blaming her, blaming her, and then all of a sudden he turns around and goes, "I knew you were throwing us under the bus." <laughs> I'm just like, "Oh, Smokey, bless." <laughs> I like him. I do. It's, and I have to say that as angry as I am at Red, he always keeps the quirkiest, most entertaining characters around him. And, and let's talk quirky. That scene with that, you know, we only get like two pieces, like two shots of it with Red and Singleton. Oh. <laughs> and was, then Cooper. Okay. I mean, Cooper's just lines, like, and, and Liz's face through that entire conversation, she's just like, Oh, I am so sorry. Oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> I th- I'll tell you, if this episode, if if this episode had like one highlight, 
is Cooper's scene with Singleton. Yeah, that was a it, nice scene. I, I, I it, will say, as, as critical as I have been about this episode, and I am aware I've been hypercritical about this episode, I loved that that scene. It was classic. It was snappy dialogue. And then the, the, I think that the, the production crew got it filmed perfectly. Mm, yeah. I mean, you see that this the scene of poor Singleton waking up and finding red and Dembe on the back. I mean, it's not just red. It's in the and, back is Dembe. And Dembe, like, if you don't know him, he's super intimidating. Because Shyam's a big man. I mean, he's like. He's a big man just sitting there, like, looking at you. And yeah, then glaring. Like, sitting on the bed. <laughs> with and, a gun. Like, waving the gun. Well, and, no, with and Singleton's gun. about the mattresses. But with Singleton's gun. It's not even Red's gun. It's Singleton's gun that he's taken out of his bed side that Singleton didn't wake up to. That's unnerving. (laughs) I mean, if I woke up to someone on my bed holding something of mine that I should have woken up when they got to it, oh no. (laughs) Yeah, and then then you get to that scene, and you know that Singleton is like... Because that that is that is what what red is is that is that <gasps> in, but incorporate nobody could do what red does without incorporating that that shadow that that bad part of you that he does because there he is he's being perfectly threatening without actually saying I'm gonna kill you I'm gonna let, just it's like what he's talking about matters and then I'll kill you if if you snitch about my part on with the task force and then Cooper is like. So don't. <laughs> and, and Liz, and that the detective, I mean, the guy who plays Singleton did brilliant I, job. I'm so sad he's gone. Like, I, I knew it was coming, but I really, really didn't want it to happen. Yeah, I, it, he's, he really, I mean, he grew on me because that scene was just... I would, I, I and I even get why it needed to happen, but I would have taken him kind of joining the the cast. Like, just like I, I don't think they're ever gonna give Liz a like a you know replacement for Tom or whatever. But I would have very much like someone fun to come in and to give her someone to talk to and to lighten the mood. And you know, yeah. it's. And and the scene of and when Cooper says, um, yeah, he has a flair for the dramatic. <laughs> Understand century Cooper. I mean, it's because I've been telling people for a long time that Cooper knows a lot more than he lets on. That Cooper is is sometimes plays along with Red. That even sometimes when he gives Red a hard time, he always does what Red needs done in order to get whatever he needs get done. And and this scene, I mean, it was pure perfection. This was brilliant writing in that scene and the acting was impeccable um and cooper was like so having so much fun at this outrage it was great it was great um you know we had we had really good Good lines. I mean, even the lines with with uh, with Fagan were great. Well, take a snort. You know, this is not a job. This is not a, a, an offer. This is payment. You know, you gotta just do this. So I, I, I thought it was it was a great manipulation. Is is that's what it's red very does. red. It's very red. But I just yeah. I it really bothered me. And not and not. This, yeah. I, and, and it's I, I feel like I have to. 
I can uh, I feel like I have to draw the line there that it bothered me with his with him not with the writing or how they're setting him up or anything and, and the second scene that we got a touch that was absolutely perfect is the scene with the with the school principal oh my where god he's, where oh. he's talking about making a massage parlor by the school <laughs> Oh, there were some great lines in there. And you're right. There there were some really good lines. I just, I really felt like, and, and this goes back to, to just the, what? The, I felt like while all of that was fantastic, it was Red at his best. I feel like that's all it was. It was just a show showcase of Red's abilities. And well, I mean, there, there may be a reason for it, but we've seen it for the last five seasons. Like we know Red's good at this. You don't. It's this is not season one. You don't have to remind us. Oh, I don't know. I enjoyed it every time it, you know. But I love well, the part. I, I think that's part of my problem is that I used to enjoy it, and now. Well, I'm he just killed like, Tom, so you have you have an, an emotional issue. There. And I am I'm emotionally compromised on this show dramatically. I I am the bitter person in the corner at this point. And Ryan's mm-hmm. taken a new show, he's not coming back. My last hope was doused. I am the bitter person in the corner. I really hate this because this used to be my favorite show on television. However, now that you mention uh Ryan going to another show, did you notice by any chance that Davenport was repeated? The Davenport Academy and the Operation Davenport, which was a CIA illegal prison in Manhattan in one of the episodes of Redemption. No, I actually didn't put that one together. And then did you notice what was the virus that um, Peggy um, Sue um, manipulated? Peggy Sue. Who names her child Peggy Sue? uh, What? Nipa. Remember Nipa? Ranko Samani. Yeah. This was a manipulated Nipah virus. Tessa, Tessa, I want you to look me in the eye, my friend, because we, we use video to, to the, the attempt is to not talk over each other. We, we both get excitable, though. Um, but Tessa, I would like you to look me in the eye. <laughs> he has taken another show. I love Ryan. I love Tom. I am telling you, he has signed a contract with another show. They're not bringing him back. They they have tossed Tom Keen to the wind. He's gone. Now they are still using him. They are, they are basically using Tom Keen to further their plot without paying Ryan. That's what they're doing um, this season. Well, um, no, that's true. You ain't okay. going to convince me of anything but that because okay. that's, I'm, I'm. But very you know that the that. show is about Bellevue, right? You know where Bellevue yeah. is. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about it now. New York. He's yeah, I, he's New back York. in New York. Yeah, I did know that. Yepper. And you know, I would not. I would not say that I'm a hundred percent. I'm not even fifty percent sure. I have a feeling that he will be back. I don't. Not until the end. I. I am. I am. I won't say I'm Tom Keen's biggest fan, but I am a freakishly big fan of Tom Keen. And I. He's gone. That's what we get. That's that's the cards that the black that John John Bokenkamp has dealt us. I don't know if it's Eisendrath too, but I know Bokenkamp has. And so, well, okay, get used to it. That's um, that's you know I, I I have held on to hope with shows, and all I do is get more irritated. And so that's I'm already bitter over this one. I would like to try to stick it out to the end and not want to throw my TV out the window every time I, an episode comes on. Okay, did you notice the parallels between Cooper having been in a bunch of um, 
uh, intra-agencies task force, and you know he was in the Pentagon task force with the FBI. And are you now talking about Garvey's task force? Yeah, Garvey and Singleton. I mean, mm-hmm. his task force. Yes. Um, I I don't know if that's. It's probably. I mean, it, I, it could be considered a parallel, I suppose. But it's. I, I feel like there are a lot of task force in here, just because that's what mm-hmm. they do. No, but this was not a task force. This was an intra-agency task force. There were people from the DEA. There were people from, you know, local law enforcement. There were U.S. Marshals. So that's what I was pointing at is Mm -hmm. like Cooper seemed to have done a lot of that. So this is is becoming really interesting now to me. Um, Also, I noticed that this is not the first time that they noted that Red has – objections to biological weapons that's the reason he goes after barnes and um he has and he denied it on moral terms this time i believe is what they said and um if you remember that he was also um there's a couple that i've noticed that he has always been against uh biological weapons he said i have no use for that um and the whole thing. And did you notice that the suitcase to deliver the poison was the same uh, as they used for Barnes? Oh, that that kind of suitcase is very, very widely used in television and movies. That's mm-hmm. I so, don't, but I don't think I don't think that was necessarily meant to be a callback. But the in, the episode on whole is definitely a callback to Barnes. Yeah, well, you have somebody leaving a suitcase and now delivers yeah. whatever poison. You know, Barnes did it. Um, this woman did it. Yeah. Um, we had that another woman, another widow going to the grave. So that was, again... Like I said, I, I do believe that they were trying to, to do a, a line Finding list. somebody with a DNA. She was trying to find... Yeah. The murder because it was in the in the blood in there, um, and more Christmas references. I have to really start looking at the Christmas references. What was the Christmas reference? I missed it. I uh, we said if if it's and not and bots were candy and and oh, yeah, nuts, yeah. we would have. We'd all have a merry Christmas. Yeah, my dad mm-hmm. says that. Um, I think he got it from his father. It's it's an old saying. Um, no, from his fencing instructor. Uh, no, I'm I'm saying me. Uh, oh. my, my father got it from his father. If if oh. if if some butts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. He says yeah. that to me very often. Um, <laughs> I recognize that one well. <laughs> I grew up on it. Uh. And we found out what the name of poor Singleton is. Yeah, yeah. And then he died. I miss him already. Now, a lot of people are saying that Lizzie recognized the Liz recognized Garvey's voice. I don't think. I think he recognized him. Oh no, I think she recognized his voice. How? Why people are saying that? Be- Could because, you explain? Yeah, uh, he was fuzzed out. When when you see her, you you see him in the background, but you hear his voice. the The focus of the camera is in on her. And you see her, she's not even looking at him, she's just listening, and her eyes get wide, and it's it's very well done on, on Megan's part for acting. And he's talking, and she's listening to it, and she turns around and looks at him, and it's just like, holy crap, you're the man that killed my husband. And, and yeah, she recognized his voice. I have no doubt that's what that was supposed to okay. be. Okay, I'll, I'll look it up again, because everybody's saying, and I just... I, I, I didn't, I mean... She, she I, may have recognized him by by sight as well when she turned around and looked at him, but I think the voice was the first thing. 
Yeah, that was a very, very nice scene by by Megan. Oh, she did excellent. I, I did I did like that scene. Um but I, I did very much like that scene. As much as I hated to lose lose him. Uh, the the whole uh, the fact that Cooper was there with her, I liked that. And well, he couldn't put a bullet in him; I had to stop him. He likes his knives. Um, yeah, he's definitely a knife man. He's nasty. He is. He's he's a bad person. I still want to stab him in the face, mostly because he stabbed Tom and now stabbed Singleton. I just want to stab Gary in the face. Yes, I know that's. I know that doesn't make sense because there's a lot of hard bone there. I don't care. It's the point. <laughs> it's, the, it's the flash of it. <laughs> Still want to stab him in the face. <laughs> I'll make it work. <laughs> Not the actor. The actor is fantastic. He makes me hate Garvey, <laughs> and that's his point. That is the purpose of the actor. <laughs> oh, who plays him? What's his name? Johnny Coyne. Okay, he's he's fantastic at being horrible and slimy. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I've been trying to figure it out. How old is he to see whether he's a contemporary of Red? But it's so hard because, again, no hair. So you can't really tell. I think he might be a little older than you can Red. Lo- you can look the actor up on IMBD, but that's He doesn't not, have... I, I was going to say, that's not always reliable. There's an actor I like very well. It's probably in his early 40s at most. And Wikipedia put him at 55. Like, he, the man does not look 55. And so people are like, are you really 55? He's like, no, stop, no. <laughs> no, he's, uh, but no, Johnny Coyne doesn't have an age. He is very careful. He does not. Ne- nowhere. Does not have an age. He is immortal. <laughs> uh. It's possible. So that's all, that's all I got. There were parallels galore. I was seeing so many of them. Brilliant lines. It still feels that they were setting up something. Oh, yeah. Just reminded and me of, of, uh, of Rosalind Denisov. Yeah, I'm sure they were. And, and like I've said for a while, I mean, there may be a day that I come back and all these complaints that I have, I go, I was wrong. I just didn't see such and such. And, and I hope that day happens because... I would prefer not to be angry and irritable at this show. This was my favorite show on television for many years. <laughs> I, have been, I have been all in on this show for a long while, and uh, I, I would like to, to love it with the same fervor again. Um, yeah, a lot of the, of the super fans are getting very tired, um, I imagine. They're and stretching things on. out too much. They, they just don't have it. And right now they're riding the high of casual fans think Tom's coming back. So they're waiting for that because they're not looking at the fact that Ryan signed on a new contract. They're not looking at all the details the rest of, you know, the, the mega fans are. And so they're thinking Tom's coming back. Well, but, but wait a minute. I mean, let's say something. Let's say that Tom were coming back. Let's say I'm right and he will be back. He can be back until we got like three, four episodes before the end of the series. You say because that, he knows everything. Tessa, Tessa huh? you say that because you've thought it through. You're a theorist. You pay a lot of close attention. Most, most, ca- like when I think casual fans, I think of my parents. My parents... They may not remember names of the main characters sometimes. I mean, they mm-hmm. just, you you go see a movie with them and you're like, didn't you love such and such scene? What? You know, <laughs> it's that that's a casual viewer there. They just, they don't retain all the little details. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's just, a. and I tried to explain to my mother once. I said, it's a way of watching. I said, I am incapable of 
watching, uh, well, I'm probably incapable of watching any show without retaining some details at least. Um, But the casual viewer is not thinking of that for the most part. They're not thinking, Tom has the answers so it can't come till the end. They're thinking, oh, Tom has the answers. Tom's coming back. We're going to get the answers before the end of the season. <laughs> I know, I know. And but that I'm just saying that's that's the mindset, I think, with some people. And so they're writing that and it's going to take them into season six. I guess. No, not kudos to them for because I, I still feel like it was a cheap trick to pull. I think it was a cheap writing trick to kill someone off to get a season six. Um, mm-hmm. I I hope I'm wrong on that. I do. I legitimately. There are some things I would very much like to be proven wrong on. This is one. Right? I know. Wrong. I know. I, and, I know. And you I know. know me. If they do, I will be the first one to say it. And to congratulate well, them on it. I I thought it was it was a solid episode with some brilliant lines, fun red stuff, and yet it felt like because there wasn't a single little bit of canon. I mean, um, parallels galore, but but they've done an entire season of parallels. We've got maybe two three bits of canon in the entire series. Yeah, it's it's been a rough season for that. So it's getting a little like, you know what? You gotta introduce something. So let me tell let me ask you, what do you think they're they're gearing up to something? They're doing a lot of parallels, they're doing a lot of introduction. They've been a lot of things about two girls, the you know, um singleton's two daughters, the two girls from the travel agency. There's been uh, there've been a lot of sibling stories throughout the seasons what do you think are you th- do you think they're bringing us to the fire you think they're bringing us to to jennifer what do you think is going to be involved that big cliffhanger i i don't know i don't have a prediction for that um i katarina jennifer I, if i were to take a pick i it, it, are you asking me what i would like it to be no what do you expect it to be i don't expect anything I don't know. Okay, what would you like to be? I want to see Katarina. Tom. Well, Katarina. Yeah. Tom, yeah, but that's, I don't, <laughs> we're talking about realistic ones. Okay. <laughs> not, not out in, out in the ballpark ones. <laughs> um, no, Katarina is what I would like. I would like Katarina to come back. Uh, that, that would pull me in. You mean Lotte as Katarina, as young Katarina? No, 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 as current day Katarina. I don't They're care who's playing. I don't know. I don't care who they play her as. If they want to age Lottie up, that's great. Lottie's a fantastic actress. I love her dearly as Katarina. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want to get another actress, whatever. I mean, I don't care. I just want Kat back. I, I want to see her walk in and know that. Or it's I might her. be right and you already seen it. I, you know, okay. <laughs> she just, she's you dying for I me. You go on episode with that go Where's that saying that? It was like back when Redemption was on. We were like, Eddie! <laughs> Every episode. It was not an episode of Keen Minds until we flaunted over Eddie Gethaki. I so want them to get Solomon back. 
I I would love to see Solomon back. I love it. Even if it's just like for an episode that they bring him Mm -hmm. back because he's like the perfect guy to do something. If you ask me for one of those blacklisters that I would love to have back, it would definitely be Solomon. Yeah. Solomon and Gina together will be fun. Now, while I ship Nez and Solomon, I do. I ship those two. I very much liked them. Um him, him quoting Moby Dick to her did it for me. <laughs> it's just I was done after that. I'm like, all right, you two. <laughs> um, Gina You're thinking about Gina and Solomon. Gina and Solomon would have fun. Like, I don't think there would be any sort of healthy relationship there, but, oh, they would make a pretty couple and they would be well, fun. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd, be, um, it'd be definitely a but, – but, but healthy is just a matter of, of whatever – Whatever. Well, okay. There, there would be no. Fun. I don't think there would be any depth to it. I think it would be all sex. <laughs> it would just be sex. Why? Solomon had a soft spot. I mean, he has a lot of loyalty for for for. Um, I don't think Gina does that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. She saved Tom, and then she was in the car. She, and she was, was in, crying. She was in love with Jacob. I don't think she would be in love with Solomon. <laughs> Why not? I don't. He was play- there was uh, there was a lot of you never know. I don't, see. There was a are. lot of things that you could love about it. Look about at you, shipper. So. Look at you, shipper. I'm not. A, I'm not <laughs> shipping them. I just think that they will be good together. You can. Besides, that is what shipping is. <laughs> no, ah, no. Because ah. I'm not looking at fluff. Oh my god, the fluff just makes me <laughs> sick. It doesn't but, matter. But you know what always I've said? I mean, like, Wrestler and Gina, I will go for that. I will look for I will have a special date of Wrestler and Gina. Oh, I, I could get behind that. I could I could get behind that one. Um, but I, I'm officially Solomon. Wow, I like it. <laughs> Solomon and Gina together in an episode would be awesome. Make it happen. Come on, Blacklist. Make it happen. Yeah, that would be that would be a fun to blacklisters to have because they couldn't be able to trust one another. That yet they would have to so because pretty. otherwise they would die. Um, so it would be a lot of fun to see that interaction between those two characters. It's so pretty. They are both like fun and intense and at the same time kind of detached. Perfect. And so pretty. And so pretty. <laughs> Sorry, I just went really, really shallow there. So pretty. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Well, that's that's my wish list for the blacklist that I wish to come back. But I am my prediction is that we're gearing up to Jennifer. Uh, I could see it. Yeah, I, I I I could see that happening. With the, especially with the girls, uh, I I would very much. I I wouldn't mind Jennifer. Um, I would prefer Katarina, but I wouldn't mind Jennifer because I I. I think that Bogan Campus said Jennifer's coming back eventually. I think he said that. Says it's part of the story. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Does that wrap our episode up? Yep. All right. Well, we are on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Tumblr. You can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And leave us notes and t- tell us on all the things that we have not agreed. Which side are you on? Seriously, are you on Jen side or Tessa side? <laughs> team Tessa or Team Jen? <laughs> Come on, hashtag it. <laughs> Let's do it, guys. Come on, that'll be fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're because we're getting to to points where we're really like looking at things from opposite views. So it would be fun if you guys just really. If we promise not to judge just, you. We we won't like be angry at you. It's just it's all fun. Tessa and I are still friends. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> we just we 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 are adults. We can we can agree to disagree. Yep. That that is. And with that, see you next week. All right. Bye bye. Bye.